You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Joe Hayashi, Senior Director of Product Management for Yahoo Podcasts, goes on the record. Podcasting, I think, is a great example of sort of a grassroots internet phenomenon. You get a couple of clever folks together, and they realize, hey, we can distribute media this way. Um, you know, uh, sites like Flickr and Yahoo, uh, you know, basically let you deliver photos of the RSS. Uh, and obviously, people are already doing video as well. And thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Record Online the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. We do in-depth, one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, as well as, from time to time, discussions with influential bloggers, podcasters, and newsmakers about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the media business as we know it. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman, and I specialize in helping organizations integrate the web into their marketing communications and PR initiatives. I am also the founder and president of iPressroom Corporation, a software company with tools and services to help organizations extend their sphere of influence online. I am also personally and professionally interested in how technology and the internet are changing the way organizations communicate and the way people consume media, entertainment, and information. Today we have a 37-minute one-on-one interview with Joe Hayashi, the Senior Director of Product Management for Yahoo Podcasts. Uh, it uh, comes to you entirely uncut, uh, with the exception of a um, Windows chime that uh, came in uh, unannounced, uh, courtesy of uh, Microsoft Outlook, and it was annoying, so I cut it out. Uh, but uh, on with that exception, the interview is entirely unaltered and unedited, and um, I hope you enjoy it. If you have suggestions for guests you'd like to hear on the show in the future, uh, we welcome your comments, suggestions, and feedback on the blog at www.spinfluencer.com. That's S-P-I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E-R.com. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the uh, podcast feed, you can get it through iTunes, keyword Schwartzman. Uh, you can get it through uh, Yahoo Podcasts, keyword Schwartzman. You can get it through Odeo, keyword Schwartzman. Uh, or you can get it at www.ontherecordpodcast.com. So without further ado, uh, we bring you this uh, episode of On the Record Online uh, featuring Joe Hayashi after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from iPressroom. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom. Tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. Joe Hayashi, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. So now, um, we met at the Syndicate Conference uh, a couple weeks back, and I was was, uh, interested in in what you had to say, and I'm I'm hoping now we can uh, talk a little bit more in depth about Yahoo Podcasts in specific. 
Absolutely. That would be great. So if we could, give us first just sort of a brief overview of what you guys are doing up there with podcasts. Sure. Well, so uh, in October, uh, we were really excited to launch our first uh, podcast property here at Yahoo. Uh, it's podcast.yahoo.com. And we really felt like there was an opening in the marketplace to just make it much, much easier for people to find and consume podcasts on the Internet. Um, I, there was a, an article over the summer that said, you know, finding a podcast is a bit like uh, going into a blockbuster uh, after an earthquake. There's just lots of stuff, and it's sort of hard to, you know, find good stuff consistently. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, who, who are using web search, you know, don't know what they're going to get uh, just, just by using that mechanism. So podcast.yahoo.com is a place where anyone can go to just on the web, and they can just, uh, we have, you know, tens of thousands of podcasts there. They can, we have featured editorial items. They can see what's highly rated or most popular. We have categories and tags. And, of course, we have search as well, which really gives them kind of pinpoint um, uh, uh, ways to kind of find just the podcast that they're looking for. And so once they find it, we also do a lot to make it easy for people to consume it. So you can consume it right there on the, on the Internet. You don't have to have any additional software. You can just listen and enjoy that right there. Uh, but we also uh, went to some, some lengths to integrate it into uh, both the Yahoo Music Engine, and we've also made it really easy for iTunes users to just click and download and just bring that right into the, to the music software that people are using. So we made it very easy to consume stuff as well. Tell, tell me specifically, I wasn't aware, uh, I wasn't aware that you could actually um, use Yahoo Podcasts with iTunes. So, so uh, we have, if you, go to the, if you go to the website, you'll see kind of two buttons, kind of a listen button, and a subscribe button. Uh, or if it's a vidcast, you can see a watch button there. So basically, listen, watch, and then subscribe. And the subscribe is where uh, it works with the Yahoo Music Engine or iTunes. And, and basically what that does is that uh, lets you put the, put the podcast right into the podcast receiving software in your, in your client. And so as new podcasts are published, like once a week, or depending on how often the, the publisher updates their podcast, you'll get those new episodes automatically. And so, so we support uh, iTunes, we support the Yahoo Music Engine, uh, we support Juice, which is a very popular podcatcher. Podcast so so we, we, felt that, we felt that subscribing was a little difficult, and we made it really easy. Just click subscribe, and, and you're good to go. So were you involved in the decision-making process of whether or not to get involved in podcasting? And if so, walk me through, if you can, the sort of strategic research that supported um, the Yahoo Podcasting Initiative. So, um, you know, a, a lot of what uh, the trends are, uh, I guess, behind podcasting are really kind of the directions that, that Yahoo is going uh, headed towards uh, as a company. Obviously, we are, uh, you know, we have the biggest site on the internet and we serve a lot of media. We, just, we have some of our own content, we distribute a lot of other people's content, and there's a lot of user generated content. And one of our big efforts over the last few years has really been to help people kind of personalize the media that they want to receive. And I think My Yahoo is a great example of that, where that's been around text content. And over the past couple of years, we've used uh, RSS, the RSS technology, to make it very easy to you know, personalize all the text content on the Internet right in one simple interface. And so we looked at podcasting and realized, you know, hey, this is very aligned with the direction that Yahoo is headed in in terms of this concept of My Media, giving people the content, the media that they're interested in, basically, uh, on their own terms, you know, when they want it, how they want it, what device, you know, et cetera. So, so uh, podcasting, I think, is a great example of that, and that's really why we jumped on this and said, you know what, there's a lot of value that we feel like Yahoo can bring to the table. Again, it was pretty hard to do. 
just to find the content, pretty hard to consume it, and that's why we, we got into space. What can you tell us about the size of the audience? So we have so it's still in beta. Uh, so we haven't really kind of um, uh, put it out there on all the uh, uh, the, the Yahoo properties. But uh, we've been very pleased with the traffic that we've gotten. Uh, you know, when we launched this thing, I think there was a lot of buzz uh, around this, and, and a lot of the uh, podcast publishers have been very happy with the type of traffic that we've been able to deliver them uh, through the site. Based on uh, the research that you did um, leading to the launch of, of Yahoo Podcasts, what can you yeah. tell us about the, the, the podcast listenership audience in general? Beyond just Yahoo Podcasts, but the entire universe of podcast consumers. Sure. So what, one of the things when we got into podcasting, we realized, we recognized that this is still a fairly early phenomenon. A lot of people, you know, were still learning about what a podcast is. Um, you know, one of the, in some of the focus groups that we did, you know, we realized there was a kind of a misconception that, that you know, you had to have an iPod to, to enjoy podcast content. And, and of course you don't. You can just go and, and listen to it. Um, uh, and a lot of the consumers, I think, are what you might say are sort of early adopter type of, have an early adopter type of profile. You know, it's definitely more men than women, um, um, at least in sort of the early numbers. But, um, you know, that's not surprising. I think a lot of technologies, as they kind of are brand new, uh, you know, it's obviously the early adopters, the people who are, um, you know, up to this point have been willing to kind of invest the time to be able to do this. Um, you know, they're definitely the more tech-savvy people. We're trying to get into the space to really kind of grow it, uh, make it a lot easier for people, and to really kind of expand the audience. And so hopefully our efforts and others' efforts to kind of uh, bring more people to the table will make the audience a lot more mainstream. Can you help us understand, um, as the audience exists today, uh, from a quantitative standpoint, a little bit about the demographics? I mean, do you, I, I, can you call anything off the top of your head about, uh, you know, men, to, men versus women, age, um, anything like that? You know, I, I don't have the, the most recent numbers off the top of my head, but uh, we were at the, um, uh, there was a podcast convention in uh, Anaheim a few months ago where we had some, some numbers where we talked about, I think it was like 85% uh, men. That, that was people using our directory, and that, that was really only you know, after about a month uh, of the service being up. Um, and, uh, and, we, and I kind of expect those things to get, uh, uh, to again, I think kind of be, be uh, more, you know, get to 50-50 over time. I think one of the other things that we talked about then was, you know, one of the, uh, in terms of the age ranges, obviously, if you're looking at the early adopters, you know, it was kind of more men 35 to 50-ish uh, that were kind of doing it uh, then. Uh, one of the spikes that was interesting to us was sort of younger women. Uh, and I think there was kind of an, uh, an anal analogy of, of adoption in terms of blogging as well. I mean, the blogging started off in a similar way. It was more early adopter, uh, male technology. Obviously, one of the segments that's very, very big from a blogging standpoint is younger women, particularly teenagers, uh, that, that are really huge drivers of, of, of blogging. And so, um, so yeah, obviously, with different technologies, you have different segments. One of the things I think is going to be is going to happen about podcasting because you know everyone listens to um, to audio pretty much. The entire U.S. population listens to radio. If you look at the radio market, I don't know what the numbers are, but they're you know north of 90 percent. And because you know audio is so easy to consume, convenient to consume, I can listen to it while I'm commuting or driving or um, you know while cleaning my house or exercising. You know, audio is, is great in the sense that I can kind of multitask. And so because it has those qualities to it, you know, my expectation certainly is, is that it, it will have a very broad and representative audience over time. 
So it sounds to me like uh, you're more a proponent of audio podcasting than video podcasting, or that perhaps you see that as having greater longevity. Is that, am I wrong? Or? Um, well, uh, I mean, I think there's great things about both, <laughs> honestly. And, and so, so we're actually excited about both. One of the things that we just turned on recently, uh, just at the beginning of the year, uh, was uh, what we call vidcasting. And, and uh, so people, in the same way they started producing, you know, audio uh, files are now producing a lot of video and um, and there's even people that are doing both audio and video in the same cast if you will and 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 so I think it depends on really sort of what the publisher is trying to accomplish certainly there are people who are better at producing audio making interesting audio uh, video has a different set of equipment and software and skills uh, and so there will definitely be people who you know who are better at one or the other from a publisher standpoint uh, there will definitely be people who want to use both. I think a great example of both that you can find on the site right now is this um, cast called the French Pod Class. French Pod Class. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, they have the instructions in video and they have the practice in audio. And that makes sense. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, consuming this content, uh, you, know, it's, you know, there's some nice things about, you know, seeing an instructor uh, and there's some great things about just being able to listen to my vocabulary in, in audio. And I think, I think that's a perfect example of how, you know, the technology can be applied to the particular situation. So, so, so we know today that, um, you know, half of the podcast audience is consuming podcasts on portable MP3 players, roughly. The other half, roughly, on PCs. Where do you think, how, how are people going to be consuming podcasts tomorrow? So, so one of the things that we, we, we saw from... From, uh, we kind of expected and kind of heard from people when we did our research was uh, a lot of people just like to be able to listen to it on the web. I mean, there, again, I think there's a little bit of a misconception out there still that you need a device to do this. Um, and uh, what we've seen was we've, we've driven a lot of people to just people hitting that listen button or that watch button so they can consume it right on the web. So I think it's really going to change from kind of a device-centric approach or a specific device approach and really kind of broaden. There'll be you know, lots of people who, you know, who are at work and, and you know, have a show and want to, you know, listen to or watch that over lunch. Uh, there's definitely going to be commuters that obviously, you know, want to listen to it on device, and that makes great sense. One of the things that we're excited about from, from a future standpoint is you know, everyone has an audio device in their pocket it's called a telephone. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, that's, it's only natural for people to start to want to receive this content on the phone because it's obviously an audio device. A lot of these devices also have video screens. If you look at what's going on in some you know, other countries like Japan or, or Korea where the technology is a little further along from a mobile standpoint and also where there's much more of a commute culture, like uh, you know, train culture, uh, like consuming video on the way to work is a natural thing for people. So in California in particular, where there's a big car culture, you know, certainly audio makes sense from a commute standpoint, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't mean that video doesn't make sense either. So I think it's, it gets back to what is the publisher trying to accomplish and, and who's their audience and what are they trying to do, and then users are going to, you know, consume both types of content, uh, and, there's, and there's many appropriate ways in which they can consume both types of content, I guess. So I, I'm not a fan of one or the other. Uh, I love them both, and, and we're excited about both of them. What do you think about DVRs? I mean, is there uh, an audience um, through DVRs to be reached with podcasts? Uh, are you referring to the... Uh, th there was, I think... Um, uh, I, I know that TiVo, I think, has, has, a, has a product out there uh, with with podcasts, are you asking about that specifically? Or? Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering, um, you know, as you sort of chart the future course for Yahoo Podcasts, 
and you consider all the various channels that uh, people could consume podcasts through, um, are you looking at DVRs as a potential uh, channel? Uh, so we're, we're looking at, you know, we're, like I said, very bullish on this and, and, and believe that people are going to consume media in lots of different ways, whether it's on their television or on their phone uh, or on their computer uh, you're on the road. I mean, there's lots. We think all of those are valid scenarios. Uh, and, you know, um, the TiVo has been, uh, you know, pretty excited about it as well. Clearly, they have a product out there in the marketplace today. Uh, and, and so that's great. You know, we, we see, we're, we're kind of in the phase where we, we believe we're still in the early phase and that we're going to see lots of different types of uh, experiences around this. And, and so, you know, whether it's DVRs or some other way to get it on, on a television, I think it makes sense because it's, it's ultimately content that people want to watch or listen to. And, and our, again, our overriding vision around this is people are going to, you know, do it on the devices when and where they want. And certainly television is going to be one of those places. With the introduction of Yahoo Go at CES, um, you know, Terry Semmel and then, of course, uh, Larry Page later in the day uh, unveiled new products that could dramatically uh, change the balance of power in how consumers uh, get broadcast and cable content. And so uh, I guess uh, what I'm interested in, uh, specifically with podcasting, is what sort of timeline is it gonna, are you guys going to follow? I mean, how long is it going to take until a podcast on Yahoo Podcasts is available via IPTV, via, via DVR, via all these other new media channels that are, that are yet to be tapped? I mean, can you give us any forward-looking statement about how long it's going to take for all this to happen? Uh, I, I don't know that I can predict the future for you. <laughs> um, the, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you, you know, it would be next week because I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, value in that type of scenario. I think, I think it's hard to say. Um, you know, again, I would say that, you know, while there has been an enormous amount of press attention and, and excitement around podcasting, you know, when we talked, like I said, when we did sort of our research and even, even some of the feedback that we've gotten, you know, there's, there's life in Silicon Valley and sort of the early adopters and then there's kind of more mainstream. And I think... Um, particularly when you get to the living room type of scenarios, you know, that there you tend to be talking more of a mainstream type of audience. So it's hard to really predict that stuff, and I'm not in that business, unfortunately. So, um, you know, obviously we um, are excited about some of those scenarios. I, I think some of the things that we announced at CES show that, you know, Yahoo is committed to taking content to these devices. Um, you know, podcasting isn't there yet. Um, you know, from my standpoint, obviously, you know, uh, you know I'd love to, love to see that happen, but, but we haven't you know, said when we're going to do that, and I think it's hard to predict when that's going to happen. Okay, that, that's fair. Um, let me ask you, let, let's switch gears for a second and talk about advertising a little bit. Okay. And if you can, just uh, walk me through, uh, at least from your perspective, how you see advertising fitting into the podcast medium. The um well, there's, there's lots of uh, publishers, obviously, that are talking about advertising. People who are, you know, spending time creating this content, they're very interested in, in understanding what the payoff is besides, you know, getting a lot of people listening to their content. And so uh, there's lots of people asking us that question. And um, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Again, I feel like we're in the early days. Uh, advertising is definitely something that is happening. Um, and I would say that what, what's going on right now, there is are definitely those sort of early experiments around what, what's going to make sense. Uh, you know, NPR has done a great job of, of, of selling sponsorships of their their podcast. It's a, it's a great example of where it's working right now, where there's a sponsorship model and a company can say, "Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, take this whole thing and sponsor it." So there's a number of examples like that. I think NPR is, is probably one of the more prominent ones. 
there are companies out there that are starting to build some of these uh, uh, engines around advertising. I think you know some of the challenges uh, around advertising are sort of measurements. I mean, I think particularly when you talk about internet technologies uh, that have been very highly measurable uh, because people can listen to podcasts in a variety of different devices and situations. I think measurement is a challenge, and so to get kind of the the more mature advertising. Uh, situations. I think the the infrastructure around advertising and being able to tie back listeners to consumed ads is obviously an area that that has to be developed for it to really uh, grow. Um, I also think if you look at some of the markets for uh, for advertisers and who's who's advertising on, on radio and would they be interested in advertising with their content uh, or these other other um, media uh, distribution. Did we uh, lose something there? I think we did. Actually, I think we're still recording. That was alarming, was it not? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're still That was courtesy of Microsoft Windows. Okay. Apologize for that. I'll actually edit that out. Okay. Um, let me just turn something off. Okay. Yeah, no, we're still rolling. Okay. I forget what I was saying. Well, that's okay. I'll I'll I'll, I'll back out of that one. Um, let's let's go on to a new question. Okay. So, if 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 advertising is not the way to monetize a podcast, what are the other options? I, I think advertising will be a way in the future. I would say, and sponsorship, like I say, is, is happening today. Uh, it's not happening, obviously, on a large scale. And I think so advertising will happen. It'll be one of the one of the ways uh, that that people will make money. Uh, people are also talking about sort of premium content, and I think that's a model that that that, that makes sense as well. Um, you know, I, I think. Anytime you have an audience, anytime you have high-value content, I think you look at all the business models out there for other media, other distribution mechanisms, I think those can all apply to podcasting. Uh, so, so I don't know that there's any new stuff, but I, I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think some of the infrastructure has to move forward a little bit to really enable those scenarios in a big way. So one of the things that you guys obviously do very well is serve up paid ads based on keywords. So, I mean, I've got to think that you're looking at or at least considering a similar strategy for podcasts. Well, we're definitely, you know, thinking about advertising for the future. It's not something that we have today. Uh, again, our, our goal right now is to build an audience. Uh, once, once we feel like there's an audience there, I think there's all kinds of opportunities that make sense for Yahoo, certainly. Let, let's, yes. let's talk practically for a second about RSS. As a um, as a technology, um, and can you walk me through uh, maybe a big idea about how one might integrate an RSS advertising feed into a podcast on the fly with no editing? I mean, is that something that is being considered? And if so, is it pot? Is it even technologically feasible? I'm not sure I understand the question in terms of in terms of well. One of the things, obviously, that you get on Yahoo when you go and search is you get the, the paid uh, links on the right-hand side of the, of the search results. And if you're looking yep. to buy something, that's actually very useful because, yep. um, you know, maybe you're looking for a, I don't know, a, a cheese grater. I mean, you're probably going to find one easier on the right-hand side than you are going to be on the organic search results. But all those um, search results on the left-hand side of the on the right-hand side of the page are dynamically generated, right? Yep. So what I'm wondering is, I mean, if a similar type of business strategy were to be applied to podcasts or audio content, I would imagine that there would need to be some technology that would allow you to match advertisements to podcasts without having to actually edit, physically edit an MP3 file. 
So what I'm wondering is, I mean, are you looking into technology that would allow you to fuse feeds together on the fly and create one feed? You get what I'm what I'm moving towards? Well, there, there's a number of ways that, that people are, are doing media advertising right now on the Internet. Like one of, We obviously serve a ton of media at Yahoo, and we deliver advertising around that today. Like if you go to Yahoo News and you click on a video feed, uh, you'll see a video, and often you'll see an ad there as well. And, and that stuff is actually dynamically um, you know, inserted. So, so technology exists on all kinds of different levels to accomplish sort of, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's put an ad with this media. So, so you know, it's, it's hard to say sort of what the right thing to do is. I'm, I'm not an engineer, and but 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 you know, there are definitely lots of ways uh, to enable uh, the types those types of scenarios. And a lot of those situations, uh, technologically, you know, are available out there today and in other forms, like in video, or streaming video, which we do right now. So, from a strategic standpoint, I mean, if what you're going to do, because you guys are as much a media company as you are a search engine. If what you're going to do is ultimately help advertisers reach targeted audiences like you're doing through the search engine right now, um, have you given some thought from a strategic standpoint to how you might categorize RSS distribution feeds or how you would match an advertiser with a listener based on the fact that there are so many disparate podcasts out there? Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, kind of avenues, uh, and obviously Yahoo is is, is looking at opportunities, um, you know, all the time. You know, so I'm not going to comment specifically on, on on this opportunity versus other ones, but but certainly, you know, broadly speaking, yes, we believe there's you know advertising uh, in in podcasting future, and and uh, our goal right now is is really to to kind of grow that audience, and and that's that's really the biggest barrier, honestly. You know, I think I think. Uh, Certainly, you can reach niche audiences today, but I think for for this to become an interesting and sizable business, uh, you know, it has to grow up a little bit, and that's that's kind of that's where we are putting our energy right now. There was the analyst group that predicted uh, an audience of sixty million inside of five years. Do you do you buy off on that? Did you uh, for, re- for podcasting? Yeah, today? did you read that? It was it was all over the place. It was announcement last year. Um, that a, a research group uh, had it, had done a report, and they had uh, estimated the podcast uh, audience to grow to um, uh, 60 million uh, inside of 2010. Right. Well, it, it was interesting to look at the reports over the course of last year. I think they the trajectory was every report that I my my recollection was the kind of the reports got bigger and bigger numbers over time. Uh, so. So I think, uh, again, I think predicting the future is hard to do. Uh, definitely it's the case that people are optimistic about it. And, you know, we obviously wouldn't, wouldn't be in the position where we're at today where we're out there with a the product that real people are using and trying to grow that unless we didn't think there was some payoff, you know, for Yahoo in the future. Right, right. So how do you see podcasts evolving in the distribution of television and cable programming and motion picture content. I mean, do you think ultimately this is a channel for delivering long-form conventional programs? It's a very good question. Um, the, um, you know, one of the neat things about RSS uh, is that it's very simple, and people have used it to distribute all kinds of things. And, and you know, podcasting, I think, is a great example of sort of a grassroots Internet phenomenon. you got a couple of clever folks together, and they realize, hey, we can distribute media this way. Um, you know, uh, sites like Flickr and Yahoo, uh, you know, basically let you deliver photos uh, via RSS. Uh, and obviously people are already doing video as well. And all of those, uh, you know, like they work, you, know, you can find uh, music, uh, you can find the audio and video uh, on the podcast site. You can see uh, pictures and audio and video on my Yahoo. Um, so, so, 
RSS, because it's so simple, can be applied to a number of different things. I think, um, and you know, so I'm sure people out there are, are dreaming of all kinds of different things to distribute with RSS. It's proven to be pretty flexible uh, because it's very simple. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it can be a, I, th I think from a user standpoint, it's a great way to kind of pay attention to more content, if you will. Like I, I use, you know, my Yahoo to like kind of in essence listen to all kinds of different text content out there. And that's one of the great things about that product is it, it lets me pay attention to many, many, many more things. So I, I think RSS is, for me as a user, it lets me pay attention to more stuff. Um, and some of that stuff is, you know, audio files that are delivered to me or photos or videos. Uh, and so, sure, why not? You know, why not? You know, why not? You know, Netflix, for instance, lets you use RSS to tell you what's in their, in their queue. So I think there's all kinds of ways that people are going to use it, uh, RSS, and, and that's kind of one of the exciting things about it. How do you make the best podcasting search engine? What's the criteria by which you would be able to deliver a service that is hands down the best service for searching podcasts in the world? So there's, there's a lot that's um, uh, a lot that's behind that, and I think a lot that we've been able as Yahoo to leverage uh, in, in our current product. And wh where we think um, uh, one of the interesting things about audio and video is is that you know as 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 a data type, as data, you know it's, it's very different than text and web pages. Web pages, obviously, it's possible to search through the text in the web page and understand what's there. When you look at an audio file and a video file, you just don't have that same capability as you do with text to know exactly what's being said or spoken or, or viewed. And so um, what's really important about media files is all the metadata, all the data about the, the, the media um, that uh, really helps people find it. And obviously, one of the great things about podcasting is that publishers themselves, they can describe the, the media. And that works pretty well today. Uh, and so um, you know, that was obviously the baseline for which we were able to take our kind of uh, powerful search technology we have at Yahoo and create a great search engine. In addition to that, one of the things that Yahoo has really um, put a lot of energy behind is a lot of the user-generated uh, uh, metadata around this, the, the, the social data, the social uh, media aspects of this, where users say, hey, this is a high-quality content. I'm going to rate this a four or a five. Uh, for, a, for, for a piece of content, or a, a one or a zero if I don't like it. Uh, I can, uh, as users can, can uh, um, write a review of content, or they can tag the content. So users, uh, it turns out, I think, with media, will be a very important source for metadata. And um, uh, some great examples of that, and if you look at web search, web search is, is, is largely about that, where, where it's about other sites pointing to sites. And those sites that everyone points to turn out to be important in some way. Another great example is Flickr. Flickr has a feature called interestingness, where users identify favorite photos, they comment on photos, or they, they mark them in some way. And those photos that kind of rise to the top turn out to be incredibly compelling content. And so we've taken that same approach with Yahoo Podcasts, where we've given the community of, of users out there and pop podcasters tools for them to rate and review and tag the content. And, and our, how we see this evolving is, is that that community data turns out to be some of the best ways to find really good stuff. The, the, the challenge, I think, for listeners right now is not to find content, because there's starting to be lots of content out there, but it's to find high-quality content that's worth you know, 20 minutes of time or an hour of time a week. And so, so that, that good aspect is really something that humans end up deciding, that, that it's difficult to, 
to, to program a, a computer to say this is good content, this is bad content. But humans obviously can make that determination, and it turns out you get a lot of people saying this is all good. That tends to be pretty reliable. So, so our view at Yahoo is, is that 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 community uh, metadata is very important, and we think is the best way to make um, uh, a podcast search engine work. So tell us. So tell me if you would the long-term strategy behind the visible tags. Because I noticed that um, you know there are visible tags, obviously, on Yahoo Podcasts. They can be special. Oh no, we went dark again. Hold on one sec. Okay. Bear with me. It's terrible. Okay, we're back. So tell me if you would about the. Uh, the strategy behind making the tags visible from the launch. Uh, there, there. I have heard some criticism from others, um, other podcasters, that they found it a little confusing that the tags were visible, you know, from the get-go. Um, and also, you know, how do you protect the integrity of tags? Certainly, you know, in the in the world of um, web content, we see a number of uh, different. Um, People trying to game the search engines by uh, using misleading metadata. So how do you how do you make sure that that in fact is accurate? I mean, do you need some sort of way of like evaluating the content uh, and and fact checking it? You know, th there's a variety of mechanisms. I mean, y Yahoo is fortunate to have a fair amount of experience in this area with Flickr and recently with Delicious. Uh, we've had the MyWeb uh, system up for a while. So we have a fair amount of experience with tags and, and how users are kind of using this. I would say, in general, we're in the early days of tags and understanding how people are using them and what works and doesn't work. Uh, we're obviously pretty excited about it because we, we, we decided to add that feature to the podcast property, again, because we think that it's been way more valuable than, than, um, than not. And so, um, you know, we have a variety of techniques and, you know, systems. And, and as Yahoo, obviously, we have a lot of different mechanisms in place to prevent uh, people from gaming any aspect of the service, you know, including Yahoo Podcast. So, so we're fortunate to be able to leverage a lot of that kind of 10-year infrastructure of, of uh, you know, working with communities. And, and you know, we've had, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess oh, coming up about a year or so, or, or longer of, of experience uh, around tags specifically. So you know, there are a variety of mechanisms. I think um, tagging in one product to the next is not necessarily the same. I think the incentives for doing tags is different from property to property. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons that, that we're still in beta is we're kind of learning, well, what's, what's working, what's not working. Um, uh, you know, definitely as, as we go more mainstream, you know, one of the things we're uh, helping uh, the market understand is how to use these. Uh, and we're also trying to see what's what's most effective. So, so um, I would say we're in the early days, but we're, we're we feel pretty good about how it's how it's worked out so far. What uh, is the what what's the importance of um, of uh, of speech to text search? I mean, is that something that you guys are looking at um, uh, adding to this? I mean, do you think that uh, a more accurate way of helping people find podcasts would be? Through uh, speech to uh, text search technology, I guess uh, two, two two thoughts on that. One 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 just to echo something I said a little earlier, which was you know, I, I feel like what people are trying to do today with podcasts is find good content, 
And so e even if I manage to recognize a, a large portion of the text, it doesn't necessarily help me determine if that's good or not. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the, the user metadata is, is really important and in some ways the most important source of data. Uh, a lot of the, we've obviously looked at all the, all the speech-to-text technologies and there's a number of uh, companies out there that have uh, products in this space. Um, and, you know, as the technology matures, you know, we, uh, we may decide to incorporate it uh, in, in a future version. But our feeling right now is, is that, you know, we can add the most value around kind of the core search technology, leveraging the existing metadata, and uh, using the community to help kind of bubble the good stuff at the top, because that ultimately is what people are looking for. But you're not going to announce uh, plans to acquire Podzinger in this podcast? Not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. I wanted to give you the opportunity to do so if you wanted to. On the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Tell me, uh, if, if you would, uh, how do you guys plan to integrate Yahoo Podcasts into My Yahoo and, and Yahoo Go? Have, have yep. there... we, we've, we've taken some uh, early steps there already. So with uh, uh, recently, one of the things that we did at the end of the year, I think after this, or no, actually just around the timing of the Syndicate Conference, we introduced this concept of My Subscriptions. So we actually remember uh, for you, if you're logged in, what, uh, what things you're subscribing to. And we, we have a, a new tab there called My Subscriptions that basically lists everything that you've subscribed to. And it's an easy way, say, if you've subscribed to most things at home while you're at work to go and find maybe the most recent episode and listen to it there. Uh, and one of the things you can do with that subscription list is add that uh, to your My Yahoo. And so it's a great way to kind of, if, you are, if you're a My Yahoo user, to kind of get notified of just what's new of all the podcasts that I'm following. So we already have that integration today on the site. So you can find that tab, and at the bottom of that page, there's an Add to My Yahoo link. Um, and then we've also started to integrate, um, uh, you know, podcasts uh, throughout some of the, the other properties on the site. Obviously, um, the podcasts, uh, you can get that right in your Yahoo Music engine. So there's a, there's a plug-in that you can download from the podcast site that basically adds the whole directory. Um, basically, everything you get on the web, you can get right within your Yahoo Music engine. Uh, you can also get basically the um, the ability to manage all those podcasts locally. So you get kind of two plugins, if you will, on your Yahoo Music Engine. We've also um, had a variety of different integrations across the Yahoo News and other media properties where uh, you know where there's relevant content. Like one of the things that we did was we sponsored uh, some podcasts uh, for CES that CES was producing, and that 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 was on the Yahoo uh, technology uh, pages. Uh, where people could go, if they're looking for CS information, they could they could find that uh, and get to to Yahoo Podcast. So we're we're uh, integrating it basically throughout uh, uh, places where it makes sense on the on the site. What about uh, IM and email? Are there any plans to integrate podcasting with those two services? And if so, how might you approach that? So uh, uh, I forgot to mention <laughs> that to be in the in the new uh, Yahoo Mail beta, there is. Um, um, RSS uh, reader functionality, uh, newsreader functionality that's there right now in the beta, and that that takes everything that you have uh, in your My Yahoo um, list and makes it available to you in your email, basically. And that's a really convenient thing uh, to you know have access to that information there as well. And and if you if you've integrated your My Subscriptions list into that list, then that's also available in your email already. So you can basically in your in your news in your email, you just click on the podcast and boom, you can start listening very easily. So, um, so we, we've, we've done that already. And in terms of future integrations, you know, I, I don't have a lot to say right now, but, but obviously we're looking at you know, opportunities that make sense. We'll, we'll uh, 
look to basically help the users out. And um, just on a final note, how do you think Odeo has executed? You know, I, I don't know that I can comment on any particular... Um, so if, if I can rephrase the question, yeah. not, not as, um, as Joe Hayashi, the Senior Director of, um, of, um, uh, of Product Management uh, responsible for Yahoo Podcasts, but as an individual with no affiliation to, to Yahoo. I mean, how as a, as a, as a person do you think they've executed? I, I think, you know, uh, one of the things that um, I think is exciting about this space is that it's the early days. Uh, and, uh, you know, our goal in getting into this space is to kind of, you know, bring more readers, uh, bring, bring more listeners, uh, if you will, listeners and watchers. And uh, there's a number of, of companies out there all kind of pushing the envelope, and we're pushing it with them. And so, um, you know, I think it's really too soon to say how, you know, exactly how it's all going to shake out. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, but, um, you know, we're, we're excited to be here and uh, excited to, that, that, uh, to, to bring listeners, and, and hopefully that adds value to the whole ecosystem, if you will. Joe, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.